Hello and welcome back to Pharmacist Diaries, the podcast that reveals the secret lives of pharmacists, from where their journeys began, where they are now, and everything in between. I am your host, Anisha Patel, and today I am so excited to introduce Safiye Chansal to the podcast. Safiye is the current International Pharmaceutical Federation's Early Careers Pharmaceutical Group's president. Yes, that's a lot of words. This is FIP, the Early Careers Pharmaceutical Group's president. She is an absolute superstar pharmacist. I am incredibly proud and inspired to host this episode simply because Safiye has been involved in so many organizations on a national and international scale. She is also the owner of a community pharmacy, which she ventured into at the age of 23. What an incredible and inspiring achievement for her as such a young pharmacist to go out and own your own pharmacy. We talk about this experience of entrepreneurship, owning your own business, as well as having to travel nationally and internationally for all of her other commitments within the pharmacy profession. She is an inspiration to young people, and I really hope that you guys enjoy this episode. Please go and check out FIP's website. Check out the uh, Early Careers Pharmaceutical Group's page on there. Once you become a member with FIP, you can automatically become a member of the Early Career early pharmaceutical careers group um if you are less than eight years qualified from your pharmacy degree or pharmaceutical science degree you are eligible to join the group and if you're interested in networking getting support from other uh, pharmacists from uh, a global scale because they have access to over a hundred countries worth of pharmacy pharmacists and pharmaceutical scientists then that's the kind of group for you to join uh, she talks about what they do, what they're, what they're getting involved with and how they're supporting the early careers pharmacists all over the world. And it's an amazing, amazing story. And I can't wait to release this episode. I hope you guys enjoy. Well, here we are. Um, welcome to uh, Pharmacist Diaries, Safiye, first of all. Hello. Thanks, Anisha. Thanks for having me here. I'm absolutely delighted because obviously tonight is a very exciting podcast episode from the kind of perspective of it being a series. And uh, yeah, I'm loving my series is at the moment. Series is. Um, I'm loving the series at the moment because I'm doing one with Great Ormond Street at the moment. So um, that's been really exciting to showcase pediatrics. Um, but today I am fortunate enough to share your journey with you and showcase what FIP has to offer too. Amazing. Thanks again for having me as the uh, International Pharmaceutical Federation's Early Career Pharmaceutical Group President. And also, I'm really excited and happy to be sharing my own career growth and how my career has evolved around um, the local, national and in the international field. And I hope that it's going to be inspiration for the other early career pharmacists and pharmaceutical scientists worldwide, that they will be also interested in being involved in the international field and get to work together with us in FIP. Absolutely. I can't wait. Um, I guess to start off our um, story and your journey is to find out why you became a pharmacist in the first place. That is actually a hard question because um, 
I have not really hard, but I have been all the way really passionate about um, healthcare since my childhood times, and even the times that are um, the younger generation, like my uh, friends at the time children they were playing all the way with like family um, games and similar things or playing with their barbies and I was most of the time um, pretending to be a doctor and a pharmacist just uh, taking care of the health of my family and prescribing the medicines and then like delivering the prescription and since then automatically I don't know why maybe at the time of my childhood there has been something that has really affected me that I cannot recall of right now but um, since the very early times in my um, toddler times even I was really interested in healthcare and um, at some point I have um, thought of having a career in art because I'm also really passionate about art but then I stick with the original um, passion of me that was inside of me since my very early ages and I decided to study medicine at first. Um, my family was really encouraging me about pharmacy profession because that I will be um, having a brighter future in Cyprus with the, um, rather than medicine and in uh, pharmacy um, due to the um, career opportunities and job opportunities in the island and that I decided that okay I am really um, into pharmacy as well so why not then I give it a go in pharmacy and I after I started pharmacy school I definitely said that it was the best thing the decision that I have ever made that um, pharmacy as a whole not just the profession but the way how we are involved in all settings the from the creation of the medicine the design of the medicine active ingredient and being at first uh, place that uh, the patients come for consultation as the primary um, health and the most accessible healthcare professionals, it is really like I'm really enthusiastic about it. So this is why um, I am really happy to be a pharmacist and that I have chosen pharmacy as my profession. Yeah, that's an amazing kind of uh, a story. And also, I love the way that you kind of showcase how it's true pharmacists are involved from the the start of a medication being created all the way to the end of the line in terms of how it reaches the patient and everything in between so that's yeah really um a, a great part of our profession gives us the variety in all the jobs that we can do um and makes it uh, a wonderful place to be really if you if you like science um then yeah it's great um what is uh, pharmacy like in cyprus um so mostly in cyprus we're having not as broad career fields or specialization fields as in other countries it is usually community pharmacy that uh, is the most preferred and the most um, common 
specialization area. And then there is the hospital pharmacy, as well as um, industry, very smaller scale compared to community and hospital. And of course, there are other like supply chain and uh, similar career uh, fields for pharmacists. And um, because it was the most common and that I found myself more fitting in community pharmacy, I have decided that I would be a community pharmacist. But of course, it has been taking me um, a little bit of time in order to decide on that. Fair enough. And what was uh, what's what's university like um, as a pharmacy student in Cyprus? I assume that you studied in Cyprus for your degree. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I studied all the way uh, in Cyprus, but uh, for my university, I went to Famagusta, another city in uh, Cyprus. I studied in EMU. It was um, it's a state university that pharmacy school was established very recently. Uh, It was um, the second uh, pharmacy school in the island that I have went to EMU. Um, We had um, a lot of um, nationalities and students from different uh, backgrounds and countries. So it was international and I studied a B-Farm degree there. And at the time, uh, because it was a pharmacy school was really... um, new in the island as well like in two three years of time at the time that I started studying uh, with my friends we have um, been searching and that we came up with the idea about uh, creating founding the first pharmacy students association there so after uh, establishing uh, with my friends um, seven different friends that uh, we I took the lead to uh, establish the association the society there um it has been um improved a lot with the uh, campus life that we have been really active organizing public health uh, events not only for um the public but also for the pharmacy school and other uh healthcare uh, schools so that it will be uh, fostering the interprofessional collaboration as well as uh, advancing in our education with the help of our professors. We even organized international congress. Oh, amazing. I love that. Um, in terms of the curriculum, I'm just I'm asking you these questions out of curiosity, to be honest. Um, in the in the UK, pharmacy starts off pretty much very much sort of biology, chemistry. Um, you're looking at the initial kind of pharmaceutics modules and then you're looking at the legal side of pharmacy and getting the basics as to what pharmacists do um, the dispensing processes and then as you go into the second third and fourth year um, you find that students are becoming more clinical understanding different um, diseases and you know the the impact of medications and the treatment and guidelines and it becomes very clinical towards second mm-hmm. third and fourth year um what is it like for um students in cyprus so in the first two years it is more like um background information just as how you have uh, explained so more in depth about like um biology chemistry and um the profession and the ethics history and the ontology and uh, of course 
um, biostatistics and um, chem biochemistry. And then in the after the um, the second year, second term and onwards until the fifth year, because it's five years in Cyprus, the fifth year being um, the um, master's degree. It is um, calculated as the master's degree. So um, after the end of like almost the end of the second year and, and onwards until the fifth year, it is more in depth with the clinical and uh, pathological and the treatment side. Yeah. Oh, amazing. So it's quite similar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And do you do an internship? Because in the UK, at the end of the four years of the course, you do a training pharmacist role, mm -hmm. um, at which at the end you have an exam. Is it similar in Cyprus? Yeah, so it's exactly similar. We're having um, our, our onboard exam. And uh, throughout the studies, we have to have at least six months of internship in a community pharmacy or a different setting. But at least uh, two months of it has to be in community setting due to the regulations. Okay, interesting. And do you have to find those opportunities on your own or do the university support you with that? Yeah, it's usually on our own. Uh -huh. um, the university supports until some extent, but uh, it's on the students themselves. And of course, the National Pharmacy Association is supporting until some extent together with the university. Interesting. I love that. It's good to know about what's happening, um, you know, in the undergraduate degree in different countries. So, um, yeah, useful information for sure. Mm -hmm. um, we, we have obviously a one-year training year, um, which we used to have to find ourselves and we would do applications at a certain point in the fourth year. Um Usually early on in the fourth year, you would start applying for jobs. And I guess in your first, second and third year, you would be doing lots of internships in your summer holidays, lots and lots mm -hmm. of work experience to, you know, build your skills, build your knowledge and be able to then interview really well for a job, of course. Um, and then hospitals would offer summer placements, which were really useful, as do community pharmacies. Um, but now they have transitioned um, the training year into a sort of national um, uh, recruitment process. So you have certain tests that you have to take and then you kind of get categorized against all of the other students. You get ranked according to your test results and you pick like your top uh, locations or pharmacies, community or hospital as to where you want to work. And depending on your ranking, um, you would potentially get the job um, or you might be placed or be given offers elsewhere. Um, but you can also find opportunities outside of this system. Um, it's only been going on a few years, um, and it's very similar to what medical students are doing. Um, there's, I get there's quite a lot of debate as to whether people like it or not. Recruiters, of course, like it because it becomes very um, centralized, that mm, the individual recruit, yeah, and structured and fair, that... Mm -hmm. um, the hospitals, for example, or community pharmacies don't have to have such a laborious um, recruitment process because sometimes for these training years, like in London, it's so competitive. You might do an application for a hospital and there could be, you know, 150 other fourth year students applying for the same job as you. Mm 
um, which is hard to then get shortlisted and get seen um, as a valuable candidate for the job. Um, so now with the stand, yeah, with the standardization, it makes it a little bit easier. But then there are disadvantages because if you did a summer placement in this hospital or you worked as a technician, for example, for all your summers, and then you didn't do so well on the tests and you didn't rank as good on the testing, um, you potentially wouldn't get a place, even though they know you, they've built a relationship with you, they know your work ethic. And technically, of course, they'd love to hire you. Um, but if you apply through the system, um, you, you may not get chosen, which ends up being quite a shame for those students, of course. Um, so it's, yeah, it's nice to hear how, how things are slightly different in other countries. Um, yeah. So tell me when you went, uh, when you, when you went to university, um, what were your thoughts on your career pathway at that time? At the time, I was still relocating myself. I just wanted to um, explore all the available options that I can do, um, not only in Cyprus, but all over the world. So this is why I have been all the way interested in uh, attending the congresses and um, getting to equip myself more, not only um, professionally, but also for uh, personal skills too. So this is why I have been attending a lot of congresses, workshops and events. And that that is where I actually found out about the International Pharmaceutical Students Federation and that um, we started the journey. And there I have noticed my passion for the NGOs. So um, that initial seedling has um, initiated the NGO work and the passion for um, the public health to evolving into global health in four years of time. Interesting. That's really useful to know, actually. And then when you actually graduated, you finished your um, kind of internships. Mm-hmm. Um, what was your first job experience like as a pharmacist? So um, at the time of the graduation, I was actually um, elected as the chairperson of student exchange for the International Pharmaceutical Students Federation's executive committee. So I decided that I would be focusing solely on my um, my work as part of the IPSFX Co. And then um, for the whole year, I have um, regulated all the um, member organization student exchange program, the internship for global, all the pharmacy students and recent graduates, the program that are happening um, all over the world in the member uh, organizations of IPSF. And that um, usually back then it was over 1000 exchanges. So I have been solely focusing on that and also helping the community pharmacy that I used to have my internship at. And after I have completed, uh, almost completed the mandate, I decided that I would be taking the leap, that I will be uh, staying in Cyprus 100% together with my family, that um, we have established my own community pharmacy in 2018, in January. 
Oh, amazing. That's great news. That's exciting. Is so that, I have is that yeah. quite common for for people like for for the younger generation? Um like... usually it we can say that it is common because we're not having chain pharmacies in Cyprus it, due to the law. It is um only the individual pharmacies um that can um work as community community pharmacies are basically on individuals and um Usually, uh, whenever we're having the recent graduates and they want to go for a community pharmacy, they work as a secondary pharmacist or for a while, and then they can uh, open their own community pharmacies. Of course, after uh, getting approvals with the National Pharmacy Association and the government, of course. I mean, in your early 20s, like owning your own pharmacy seems incredibly bold and courageous I feel like if I was in my 20s it would be the last thing I would be thinking about because I think there's um we don't learn that much about business as pharmacy students we don't learn that much about finance either in the UK um how to manage your money like how would you do marketing you know how would you set up services um even how would you raise the funds to buy a pharmacy all of that as a 20 year old or a 21 year old just would seem quite overwhelming in the first like two to three years of their sort of pharmacy journey you usually would find in the UK that um, pharmacists kind of move or transition towards buying a pharmacy once they're well established as a professional in in the community and they've really understood what it takes to be a good community pharmacist they've understood the business through experience of working for someone else they've um you know had a really good sort of manager who's kind of guided them along the way and then they've taken interest in the business aspect and they've kind of learnt through experience and here you are being super courageous and bold what what were your kind of uh, thought processes and those initial steps that you were thinking when you decided that this is the way forward for me? So the way forward was basically as it was the most common to have the community pharmacy and that I would be first in touch with the patients and then I would be having my own patient portfolio that I can monitor their health and um, I can offer personalized uh, patient tracking and that um, I can counsel them and provide their personalized therapy and counseling much better. Uh, This was my motivation. But of course, with the uh, economical and financing part and managing a business, it has been a challenging part to first to make the decision and also in the first two years in uh, in order to fully establish and uh, having everything set on a good foundation, it has been challenging, to be honest. But I'm happy that I have been uh, having the support of my family and uh, my uh, close ones that I have, um, I can say that I have achieved it with the help of them, that they were there uh, with uh, not only um, 
being there by my side and supporting me with their words, but also with the family supporting me in a financial way as well. Oh, that's wonderful. Our oh, parents are the best, aren't they? <laughs> um, even mine, I, I love my parents. And even now, they support me. I mean, mainly with kind of childcare and supporting my family from that perspective, which is lovely. Um, and it's such a joy to see them as grandparents. Um, but I can imagine that taking ownership of something so big and taking responsibility for something also so expensive um, as a very sort of young 21, 22-year-old um, it's such a big commitment. Um, so it clearly demonstrates how determined you are. Like you said, you're doing it for the patients and you're doing it to build your own portfolio of patients and not kind of work for someone else. And that independence clearly is is being demonstrated even by setting up, you know, the pharmacy society while you're at university. And, you know, you've got that idea that, hey, let's build a community. Um, with your friends and build a society that can support the public, that can support other students in university as well when it comes to public health and showcasing what pharmacy is all about. I love that. Mm -hmm. That's great. Um, and, you know, um, I have also uh, worked with the university after the graduation and during um, the studies. So that um, that was one of the ways, too, that uh, I wanted to... Um, sort of kind of be my own boss just as how uh, you have mentioned so uh, to be independent and that I can um, set up of course with the laws and regulations the um, the vision that I have been seeing for the pharmacy for the uh, national uh, way so that I can support this is why I have also been really um encouraged to take active role in the um, national pharmacy association too in the yeah that that's a great uh, idea yeah i yeah, know i love that that's great um i guess tell me i mean you've talked that there have been challenges along the way i guess what are your top two or three challenges that have been really sort of hard for you in terms of setting up a business um so the main challenges were basically because I have worked in uh, a different part of the city that um, the pharmacy location that we have chosen uh, was um, the place that I actually was born and grew in, in that um, area, Kichikaimata area in uh, Nicosia. And it wasn't um, a place about um, like, me having an experience as a pharmacist because you know every um area or um like town or city is having um different patient portfolios and like different um medicine um setting i can say um so this is why it has been one of the uh, challenges at the first time that I have been selecting the um, medicines and creating the medicines list and overseeing just like with the prediction part in order to predict at first. And um, the second most challenging was about um, as I wasn't already over with my mandate, 
uh, it was 2017 and 2018, and I have uh, established the pharmacy in 2018, that I had to travel for um, going for face-to-face meetings and the World Congress and work there on a voluntary basis. So um, I have been having challenges um, that we can only close the pharmacies as for eight working days throughout the year due to our regulations. So this is why I had to have a local pharmacist, even though the pharmacy was really recent. So that was um, the other uh, most challenging part. And um, about the, if I can think of a third, um, I think actually those two were the major challenges. And um, like considering about um, the business part um, and um, the choosing, like, I mean, predicting at first and having to travel at the very first year and uh, having someone else to um, work as the main pharmacist there and that I had to also work on my own because I have been having locum pharmacists on um, particular intervals. And until um, last year, I have been working on my own, even though it's been already five years. Yeah, I mean, that must be really hard. So you're getting involved with sort of uh, HR when you're having to recruit people. You're having to interview, look at CVs, and that's quite a big responsibility because at the end of the day, you're hiring someone to look after your own pharmacy. You know, that's like your baby. And you want them to like, you know, have the same values as you and treat your patients well and you have to train them to do things the way that you prefer within the pharmacy um you have to deal with staff sickness and uh, annual leave and paying people um and that's a, it's a lot of responsibility when you start building a team right but again when it comes to uh, a learning experience it's a huge learning curve and uh once you kind of step into it and you you kind of you know take that bold move that hey I'm doing this this is happening um I think you learn at a fast pace and you know you just learn from experience and you learn from your mistakes on a day-to-day basis or this didn't quite work this time so next time I'm going to try it this way and you just improve day by day um and like you said you've got your family support so hopefully you've been able to have lots of conversations with them like oh you know I'm frustrated about this what can I do um and and I'm sure your parents and your family have provided you a lot of feedback that has supported your journey even in terms of like creating a list and understanding how much to order and when to place your orders so that you don't run out of certain elements of stock. And that's challenging. I dealt with that when I worked in Abu Dhabi and importing drugs from all over the world. We didn't know how much um, medications that our paramedics would use on the road because we just didn't have enough data at the time to demonstrate the types of conditions that we were seeing, um, where we would see those conditions, how often they would come up. Um, So for example, um, how many EpiPens we might use, how many salbutamol nebules that we would need. Um, And EpiPens took so many months to come into the country because they would come from the UK. 
um, but they would get stuck at the airport when you were trying to release the permit. So sometimes they would be there for two or three months and we'd be waiting for them to get released. And because the expiry dates are relatively short, um, we always got to the point where ambulances were having expired EpiPens and we were just like, oh, you know, we haven't got quite the, the timing quite right. And that was really stressful, um, managing stock and predicting usage and how much you need and when to order things. Um, did you have like a computer system or how we, how were you logging that? Yeah, uh, all of it is basically uh, monitored via electronic computing system, particularly for the pharmacy. Yeah. So it makes life a little bit easier, which mm-hmm. is good. We did not have an electronic system. It was completely manual oh, wow. when we initially established. Mm-hmm. So it was a case of when the bags got returned to me for refill. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of these um, ambulances would have basic life support bags and advanced life support bags. And I would have par levels. So if you had 32 paracetamol tablets, when you hit 20, um, which seems like quite a high number, I would expect them to start returning it to pharmacy because they were so far away from me, three to 400 kilometers, that it would take several days for the bag to even reach me. And then I would refill it and then send it back. But when they came back for refill, I would obviously be able to record manually how much was left and compare it to when I last sent out the bag Mm -hmm. so then we started gathering data slowly Um, but fortunately we were able to put a business case together to say that this is just taking too long it's extremely time consuming and we need to go electronic so these values can be predicted and actually we we built a system where it was creating purchase orders according to our stock levels um so as the stock within the pharmacy started reducing and and hit a specific level we would then put in a new order and also i could see live what was in the ambulance station how many tablets when they used it on a patient so i was able to predict and say to them hey these bags need to be returned to pharmacy i'll refill them um and it made life uh it was a game changer it made life so much easier um so i can understand your i can completely understand your stress from that situation it's very challenging um but good for you um i love i love this story yeah. It's been uh, like that in the very first year, 2018, and then uh, onwards that I uh, focused to my pharmacy after completing the mandate. So everything went smoother and I have um, had more control of everything as a whole and that um, the system and um, the patient portfolio was also settled after the first year and that I became uh, more confident in the business management as well. Oh, that, that's amazing. Yeah. And the yeah, career has also evolved in the um, being involved in the national field in the NGO. Yeah, we're going to get to that in one second. Yeah. I have one more question about community yeah, sure. pharmacies. How did you cope uh, in the pandemic with COVID? What kind of changes happened that impacted your community pharmacy? It has drastically evolved everything. So at the time that the um, the countries uh, were all on uh, lockdown, um, only the community pharmacies and the hospitals were uh, open. 
we have I was as part of the executive committee of the National Pharmacist Association back then that we have regulated the pharmacy working hours. We have um, decreased all of the community pharmacy working hours and made up more on-call and emergency pharmacies in order to avoid um, pharmacists getting infected with COVID so that we would be having um, more um, healthcare uh, workers active and in the front line. That's not all of them will be also closed due to that. And we have uh, provided with all of the community pharmacies with protective shields, uh, clothing, single use, and a lot of masks, and even um, barriers that they would be uh, having in their pharmacies, uh, completely provided by um, the association so that they would be um, having themselves protected and also explaining the patients the uh, use of PPEs as well as uh, how to um, apply the hygiene rules. So it has been really good in terms of the number of the cases. And imagine we have kept all the statistics and um, I have presented our uh, results and the survey in last year's FIP Congress in Civil Spain that uh, we had zero uh, community pharmacy um, caused um, infection. So COVID wasn't uh, spread due to any single community pharmacy, due to the uh, preventive measures that all of the community pharmacists have taken with the help of the National Association. Oh, that is something to be very proud of. That is very exciting. Mm -hmm. And you're smiling ear to ear because that is so exciting. And it's good to be amazing to be part of that. Wow. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's great. I love that. I love that story. All um, the way we have provided also, I'm um, sorry to um, cut you off. Uh, we okay. have also provided at the time uh, with all the guidelines that were created by FIP, the International Pharmaceutical Federation. Uh, in line with the WHO's um, guidelines. So all of the pharmacists were able to access the translated documentation and they, we have made sure that everyone is up to date and they're ready to take action in the front line because many of the patients were also really afraid to go to the hospitals, um, getting um, the virus, and they have all the way coming to the community pharmacies as the first line. And the pandemic has highlighted the very much importance of pharmacy and the role of pharmacists in patient counseling and um, medication use. And of course, as a whole in advocacy and the counseling and the patient care. I love that. Oh, that's great. Um, I mean, I've loved hearing your story about being a community pharmacist and a business owner, but those are just two little aspects of things that you are involved in within the pharmacy space. Um, you are so much more than a business owner and a community pharmacist, and you have a lot of passion. Um, so I'm just going to transition, uh, I guess, our episode into talking about all the other things that you do um, as a pharmacist. Um, where would you like to start? It's all interconnected, actually. Um, so we can start maybe uh, from the time that we have started 
with the um, school. So uh, when we found, I have briefly mentioned about that, and we have been organizing a lot of events and that um, we can maybe um, go with the first uh, touch with the international from the student aspect and come back to the national uh, with the timeline, my pharmacy career timeline. We can say the DNA of my pharmacy. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, definitely. Um, so I have started um, the first Pharmacy Students Association in 2014 while I was still a student in my second year. And in 2015, um, I have traveled with my colleague, um, that's a co-founder of the association, uh, to India for IPSF's World Congress, which was really one of its kind experience to be involved at the um, first an international congress of the international uh, pharmaceutical students federation being um in touch with a lot of different uh, pharmacy students from different backgrounds countries with um many more to offer in terms of culture and in terms of how the pharmacy is like in their countries so at the Congress, we got the membership for EMUPSS Association. We have presented it to the General Assembly. And then um, I have mentioned about the student exchange program, the internship program for the pharmacy students worldwide. So I have became the first ever student exchange officer for Cyprus Island. Um, so in the coming year, in 2016, uh, I have started the student exchange program SEP in Cyprus for the first time in the island as well. It has been one another um, kind on its own that it's been really unique, unique experience getting to uh, be in touch with um, different uh, internship fields, different hosts like community pharmacists, research, university and uh, pharmaceutical industry finding placements for inter international students from all over the world and also creating the space for the Cypriot and the pharmacy students that are studying in Cyprus in order to experience a different pharmacy setting in a different country to see how pharmacy is like in that country and work there for about like a month. Um, so the internships were ranging from one month to three months, depending on the country and the setting that they were working on. And um, I can, with uh, honor, say that um, I have sent out from Cyprus um, more than 50 uh, students in the first um, two years. And I have hosted um, over, I think, hundreds, yeah, hundred different students in Cyprus and I have arranged them a lot of um, not only scientific but also social um, programs so that they will be also getting to learn about the country and the culture and uh, that they will be putting on themselves not only professional knowledge or professional experience in order for them to use in their careers and in their CVs but also something that they would be having uh, in their hearts that um, would be with them until um, the, their later ages. 
Oh, you are just <laughs> killing it. I love it. I love it. And this is all from the second year as a pharmacy student. Mm-hmm. So people who are watching or listening, you were still just about an adult and you were here advocating for pharmacy, organizing internships for students to come from abroad to visit Cyprus so you could showcase what Cyprus had to offer as an island um, in terms of the culture and the life as well as what pharmacy has to offer and supporting your own country and community within pharmacy to go out and learn about pharmacy elsewhere. I have so many questions now. So first of all, how did you manage your time? Because that sounds like a lot of work. And I know that you've, you obviously were involved with that organization and that particular sort of role um, for a few years. But how 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 did you manage your time in terms of studying for the pharmacy degree and doing all of this work? Because it does sound like it's very time consuming. Mm-hmm. So I was lucky that I uh, studied all the way in British system. Actually, I studied in A-level system that I have completed uh, quite a numerous number of A-levels. And uh, in my first year, I was um, really um, lucky that everything was super easy for me. In the second year, I had to uh, study um, quite a lot. And um, with the establishing, um, well, I have transformed the social life, you know, the social and the studies uh, balance, that my social was totally uh, becoming the association because obviously um, it was all my friends with the association too that um we we have been working together making it um to be an escape for us um that um even though the organization is has been taking a lot of time too uh, because i have been uh doing it while enjoying it a lot um automatically things fell on its place that i have been just um paying attention to my calendar I have at the first time that I have set up my own like google calendar that um, I have been managing all my things to do list from the agenda there that uh, I made sure that I have been meeting my own deadlines and uh, fulfilling all the assignments and everything while um, attending all my lectures 100% and um, making assignments and quizzes and studying for the exams too. And um, yeah, so I have been just uh, helping, like getting additional help uh, with uh, uh, technology, with the digital calendars in order to manage my time. No, that's great. And, 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 And I love the way that you put a positive spin on volunteering and creating a group but also because you're doing it with your friends it's actually formed part of your social life so you're socializing your friends whilst doing something good for the pharmacy community that's a great like little combination um so it's not like you're having to socialize outside you're just yeah combining two things together that's really smart i like that um you've clearly demonstrated you are very organized um 
and that you are determined and you uh, definitely like to start something and finish it for sure. Um, So I'm really seeing like a lot of skills coming out of this um, role. Um, And you definitely have to manage your time really well in order to succeed as a student, um, but also succeed in in a voluntary role as well. Um, use Google Calendar to manage your time. Um, in terms of tasks, are you uh, a paper-based write everything down or did you have an app that you use to support you to have like a tick list of all the things that you need to get done? Yeah, so I have been um, two-in-one kind of person. I have been having my own agenda under my hand and also um, in my phone a to-do list regularly that I have been just um, checking with the reminder app. And okay. uh, I also have a whiteboard in my room uh, standing right next to me that every single morning I'm checking everything, the deadlines, I write it down every day to update it depending on the timeline. And I make sure that I I am um, well aware of what are my tasks or what are um, my thoughts that I want to make them into a project. So I write everything down on that whiteboard and make sure that even if I'm having a new idea, a spark of an idea, I just make sure to put it there so that I don't forget and then I'll be chasing or planning, starting to organize and set up my timeline and then I structure it into my agenda. Interesting. I mean, it's useful to ask these questions because obviously there will be students and and young people um, wanting to understand from your perspective how you achieved all of this. Um, And I'm just thinking about second year students here in the UK in general. Um, They are still learning how to be an adult. They're still, this is the first time they've potentially left home and not lived with their parents and attending university. So they are learning to be independent adults, managing, you know, cleaning their apartments, having to cook for the first time because they're usually living with their parents. Obviously, you're having to socialize and, and make friends. And social life here does become a big part of of your your day-to-day life, um, especially if you're living in the, the bigger cities as well. Um, a lot of the students, and it's a great thing, um, they're going out and enjoying themselves all the time, um, whether that's concerts, going out drinking. I mean, the social life here in the UK is, is definitely enjoyable. Um, but I can see from your perspective that actually it was enjoyable to have that social life with other pharmacy students, but you're actually channeling your skills and putting them to good use. And that's a really good kind of really powerful point to put across on the on the podcast, because if there are obviously students watching and listening, it's very inspiring to hear that story from you. And you might not think anything of it. You were just enjoying yourself and you were just doing something that you love. But I don't think you realize how incredible that is because at that time you must have been about 19 or 20 years old. 
So yeah. go you. I'm putting you on the spot and making you blush, but I think you need like it's a good reflective exercise. Like sometimes on this podcast, people come and they reflect about their life and their career, and then they realize, like, oh my goodness, I've done so much, and I just never thought about it before. Um, so yeah, like I, you know, you should be proud of of that achievement. So yeah, um, it's it's great to hear your your story. So from IPSF. Um, take us to, I guess, the, the, the other areas of, um, national, international, and, uh, let's look at what other organizations that you're working for. What was the next step from there? Yeah, from, um, IPSF, from what I have learned, I wanted to, as I have been, uh, following further as the, um, community pharmacist and, um, my mandate was over. I wanted to bring all the knowledge that I have learned from the other um, pharmacists and pharmacy students and other um, how pharmacy is like in other countries. I wanted to implement all those in Cyprus for the new and the good things so that we would be taking the profession one step further for the things that we have been missing. This is why I have um, been involved in the National Pharmacist Association at the, the youngest age, becoming the youngest elected person to the National Pharmacy Board. Um, and yeah, that's how the um, national journey has started with having um, all the faith and trust of my uh, fellow pharmacists in the island, having their uh, votes for me and becoming elected for the board. It has been really... Um, one of a kind, again, proud moments. I have had a lot of uh, proud moments. I, I I can right now also understand, uh, like differentiate and feel like, oh yeah, just as how you have mentioned and highlighted. Um, I'm really thankful, thankful for their trust that they have uh, given for me and that uh, we could um, rekindle the association spirit for the international aspect too, because um, since um, about like 10 years, mostly, the association has been focusing solely on the um, national perspective that uh, we haven't been um, focusing on the international aspect. Uh, the association's membership, the National Pharmacy Board's um, membership for the FIT has been um, taken in, um, they became members in 1986. And since then, uh, about like 20s, um, there hasn't been much of uh, involvement. So this is why, as I have been uh, highly passionate about uh, the international field i have been um involved in um fip and uh, the national pharmacist association so i have rekindled the bonds and uh, made sure that the pharmacists in cyprus will be uh, more aware of what the international field is offering for us because fip has been all the way organizing a lot of webinars free of charge uh, seminars and information and the congresses that we can have a lot of information exchange and get to uh, improve ourselves in the pharmacy field in many ways. So 
this is why uh, one of my uh, biggest steps in the association was um, sharing the information to and from the federation and becoming more involved and creating the statistical um, database and uh, collection of uh, statistical information and keeping it in records together with my colleagues in the executive committee. And of course, um, advocating for the rights of the pharmacists in the island. Oh my goodness. <laughs> You're just one step after another, like one big courageous, you know, bold move. I love it. Tell me, how did you actually get onto the board? I mean, just think about a student right now or a very early careers pharmacist. Again, I'm putting you into a position of someone who just is trying to make the right steps towards a similar journey. Uh, they hear your story, they're so inspired and just thinking, wow, like you've done so much and you do have lots to be proud of. Like you say, like it's, there's been some really big moments, but when you, when you need, when you look at it, it's hard for someone listening in to just be able to break that down. So mm -hmm. I guess, were there any um, steps that you took to prepare yourself to put yourself into that position where you could get elected onto the board? And, um, you know, what did you do to like kind of get those electoral votes? Okay, so uh, what I have done was basically um, at the time of my uh, election for IPSF, because it was an international organization, it captured the attention of the national press that someone from cyprus got elected in an international board so this is why um it has been um a lucky uh, thing for me that the pharmacists in the island got to know about me while there because it was highlighted in the press and at the time that i have been attending the meetings of the association i had the chance to interact and talk with uh, and network with many of them that I have been sharing just my vision about pharmacy with the conversations that we had and my experiences. And with that, um, they have been really um, becoming, um, oh, wow, this has to be implemented to Cyprus too. Uh, you need to take active roles in association. So they have automatically encouraged me with the people that I have been interacting. And uh, I said that, um, okay, I will be doing it with the next um, election, which was coming in several months. And um, I didn't do any um, additional uh, promotion or like um, election-wise uh, promotion. I have just uh, shared my vision for the profession and what I think that needs to be done to improve the profession in the island. That um, luckily, I was um, really lucky that um, the, the pharmacists were also um, into having a fresh mind in the uh, board that um, they have elected me. And, and what is your vision for the pharmacy profession in Cyprus? So it will be um, really similar to what FIP is. But I think it's not just FIP, but as a whole, all of the pharmacy organizations in the world 
that the mission and the vision is that everyone will be having access to medicines in the safest and easiest possible way and that um, the pharmacists are going to be equipped in the best in the WHO model at the eight star pharmacist model that we would be offering them with um, continuing professional development strategies and regular uh, checkups with uh, them in terms of like a pharmacy business and uh, the pharmacists themselves that they will be up to date with the information, all of them, and that they would be making sure that whenever they're uh, doing the counseling, they would be 100% uh, giving themselves that the uh, patient compliance will be increased. And of course, with the uh, rights of the pharmacists are going to be advocated to the fullest in the national and um, regulation uh, perspective. Because um, formally, um, at the moment, uh, we, we don't have... Um, many of the pharmacists involved in the uh, policy making too. So um, formally, I mean. Uh, so this is why um, I have been mentioning about the pharmacists as policy makers too. And this is why this has um, been um, making the other pharmacists in the island more enthusiastic about um, my involvement too. Because the association is um, having a huge say in policy making too, but we had to use it in the correct way, if you know what I mean. So um, in terms of like discussions and reaching out, becoming more visible in the um, ministry level and um, in the governmental level, to actively sharing and becoming more transparent and communicating as communication is the key that if we're explaining everything and we're offering our 100% to the public and that um, we would be asking for the support of the government so that um, pharmacists can do a lot more for the um, public health it would be, of course, met. So um, we have been lacking a lot of communication too. So um, with that initiation, we have also captured that that um, the uh, up, updating of the policies and uh, pharmacists being involved in um, the regulations and decision-making has been made possible with those uh, steps. That's a great vision. And ve yes, you're, you're right. It obviously aligns really well with the international mission of FIP as well in terms of the vision. So I like that. I guess um, from this role, you've identified that there is a link between the Pharmacy Association and FIP. So what was your, um, I guess, your transition into um 
doing work with FIP from from that perspective because you um, you haven't finished all the extracurricular that you're doing on the side <laughs> of uh, being a community pharmacist and a pharmacy owner and on the board of a national you know pharmacy association. There's still more. Um, oh yeah. no, and IPSF <laughs> as well. Um, so yeah, how how does your in terms of your career journey? Um, what was the link to uh, working with FIP directly? So uh, by being in the national board, I have um, taken up the role of the international chair too, while being the treasurer of the association. So I have acted as a liaison to FIP. And uh, during the time, I have been uh, chosen by my association to be uh, proposed to FIP as a council member. So I have been since 2019 as the council member to FIP and that um, my journey in FIP has started from uh, being in the council and uh, going to the uh, World Congress and representing Cyprus and pharmacy uh, profession from Cyprus there. And uh, I found uh, more about um, the young pharmacists back then and um, usually um, from IPSF to FIP we go through uh, YPG but automatically via the National Association I got involved in FIP first apparently so it's still like vice versa for me and how, then how, how, how did it feel representing Cyprus from the international like that sounds very exciting and um rewarding that you've you've got a role and a position which represents your country like that's amazing mm-hmm. how did that feel truly remarkable because um getting to be uh, voted for such a huge um position is really um like frightening honestly and also really rewarding at the same time because you'll be representing the, all of the pharmacists views to the council to the other pharmacists from worldwide so it has been um really rewarding to be in the um as part of the council hear the discussions and also have the role to actively take part as the council is the decision-making body of FIP2, um, that's their um, voting uh, on the decisions, I mean. Yeah, that sounds amazing. And your um, your network will have expanded, like, exponentially by being part of that. The You know, how exciting to actually meet so many different pharmacists from all over the world. And I assume, obviously, a lot of this is done virtually um, in terms of the regular meetings. But even if you're on Zoom or Teams and you're meeting all these pharmacists from all over the world, like, that must be really, really amazing to kind of be a part of that journey. Yeah, it is. Um, and also like meeting at the different time zones, like finding the appropriate times to meet with uh, everyone all over the world, with different time zones. It's been quite a challenge, but really um, amazing. Like I cannot even find the best word to explain the situation, but it's really, uh, truly fruitful amazing to um 
be involved in such huge uh, federation and getting to network, know a lot of important people from the pharmacy profession in different uh, countries and interact with them, hearing their opinions. It's always adding up very new uh, experiences and uh, new uh, things to how you see the profession. So it transforms not just the, the view of the pharmacy profession, but yourself too. Like after my involvement in the international field, I see myself um, growing too. And uh, my perspective is evolving with uh, being interacti interacting with um, many other people from different uh, backgrounds and origins. It's always uh, in a positive way adds up on the personality and the profession too. Yeah, I mean, being so young and being involved in such influential positions, for sure, when you're in your 20s and you're a pharmacist, you are quite your opinions are quite easily influenced by everything that's happening around you. And your exposure has been so incredible that you've just grown and been a sponge of so much information around you. And all these opinions are coming from you from probably very experienced pharmacists who have a lot more knowledge and skill um, and more years in the field of pharmacy by the time they've gotten to the point to be on a council with other international members or on the board of a national pharmacy association. Um, so you definitely will have had a huge but very exciting um, a learning curve. And I love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So much skill and so much skill would have come out of all of these roles, which I'll ask you about in a second. I've just interrupted you. So yeah, you go first. So with all the meetings and um, the high-level uh, events, I have been also uh, consulting to many other colleagues just to make sure that their voices are well represented. And with uh, whatever I have been uh, learning from abroad, I have been bringing this up for another discussion just to make sure that they're well aware of what is going on and how we can um, take this or apply it if feasible to uh, the island. So it's been a really um, good way of initiating a new um, discussion and bringing up all those ideas back to my country and my colleagues. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I think it would be really important to ask a question about mm -hmm. the skills that you've gained throughout this journey. What are your kind of top skills that you think that you've developed significantly by doing all of this work? I mean, the first thing that comes to mind for me is that your communication skills will have improved significantly from the days that you were a student. And even back then, you would have been learning so much having to communicate through IPSF to so many different countries to organize um, all of these internships for, for, you know, for your own country and um, externally as well. Um, so for sure, that, that, that's a massive win in terms of improving your skill set and communication. What other skills do you feel like you've really excelled at um, through the experiences that you've been doing? 
Yes, so I think definitely communication and public speaking, as well as project management, because um, having to uh, organize and manage quite several projects at the same time, uh, it has drastically improved that um, I can um, work on different projects at the same time and also um, make sure that they're done in um, the most perfect way as possible, even though there is nothing uh, like perfect. But still, um, in order to um, be able to make it in the most organized and the most achievable way that um, the colleagues and also from um, different um, backgrounds that they would be looking like, oh, this is something that we can take um learn from take away something from this so they would be making note they would be um becoming um like the projects would be and um, the personality would be becoming more influential i want to be um, more influential for the people that can learn from me i am really enthusiastic about sharing what i have learned throughout the way and by the way thank you that this podcast is a really great way that um, the students and also early career pharmacists can take something from my own journey. And I, I definitely truly think that there is really something that we can learn from anyone on this world, regardless of their origin or their uh, career stage that they're in, because the world is truly evolving, especially in this digitalized world that right now AI is um, taking the lead and um, everything is uh, evolving drastically and really, really fast. There is something that we can learn from each and every person on this planet. So yeah, I have um, to like summarize I think that I have been um, truly improved in the communication skills, just as how you have mentioned, and uh, networking and public speaking, uh, because I haven't had the courage to go on stage and deliver presentation. Um, in my um, high school times, I was uh, the shy student, shy and nerd student, and then in the university, suddenly, I have uh, just uh, evolved into someone that's doing a lot of presentations and uh, meeting with uh, many other uh, friends and promoting. Yeah. So yeah, project management, communication. Yeah. Uh, so have you evolved from um, notes on your phone and Google Calendar and uh, your task lists on your white calendar in terms of project management? Are you using any specific apps which support you to manage all the projects that you're working on at the moment? So um, I don't have any particular uh, app for the projects and the progress um, managing. Um, I'm still on uh, like old school with that, with the projects, cool. um, with the um, I have been using everything on the drive, like putting and storing everything on the drive. I have my working document that whenever I have uh, something in my mind, just as how I have mentioned, uh, whenever I wake up in the morning, 
first thing I note down all those ideas and I make sure that everything is on the drive that uh, whenever I log in from the phone or from um, the tablet, I can just add it online to the document too, in case that I would be having a new idea. And um, one uh, section that could be in incorporated into the report or maybe uh, incorporated into the project. Yeah. No, that's great. It's good to be old school and uh, whatever works for you. Um, in terms of project management, um, in the last few years, I've discovered an app, two apps actually. And mm-hmm. initially they came out through the podcast because there was just so much to manage in terms mm-hmm. of people I'm interviewing. When am I interviewing? When are the podcasts getting scheduled? The social media, the emails, um, going on LinkedIn and actually connecting with people, attending you know, networking events or conferences where I can meet people that I can potentially Mm -hmm. ask to come on. Like there was so much to do in the initial stages and it felt very overwhelming to um, record it on paper or in a Word document or just a task list because there were just so many things that needed to be timetabled. Um, so I started using, and I also was collaborating with my husband at the time who was supporting with me, supporting me with some of the editing of the podcast. So he needed to know, you know, which episodes are coming out, when are they coming out and what's my workflow. Um, so we started using an app called Trello. Um, and then we moved over to Asana because I use Asana now at work for project management, which I absolutely love. And I would highly recommend using it. Um, everything's kind of on one platform. You can have your tasks and you have tick lists. Um, everything can be timetabled. You tick things off as they get completed. You can add all your documents. People can collaborate with you. Um, you can chat to each other and send each other messages. So you literally, everything's on one platform, which is so nice. Um, and it's been a real game changer. You just kind of open that up in the morning, go to my tasks. And if you're organized with inputting the information, you know exactly what you need to do when you need to do it and how fast you need to do it. So it makes your time management a lot, um, more efficient, which I love because I'm all about being organized. Um, so yeah, that's been amazing, but of course the old school way, and to be honest, sometimes I like to use my notebook and literally just plot everything on my brain onto paper because it's just such an easy, efficient, fast way to get everything I want out onto a notebook. And then I kind of transfer it to digital later. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm, and I also travel a lot on the train. Um, so I try not to use my phone all the time um, because you're constantly staring at a screen. So I kind of like using my notebook to log everything because it's such a reflective way of of writing and I can doodle and I can do little clouds and arrows and all the fun stuff that comes with making lists. Um, and I like that visual kind of aspect. So, um, yeah, it's nice to hear how you're managing your time. Um I also want to know, of course, um, uh, the the main kind of aspect of this, the reason why we are doing this podcast episode is because your involvement with FIP grew um, where you you started getting involved with the Early Careers Pharmaceutical Group. Um, So tell us your journey as to how that started, what the group is about, um, what their kind of mission is, how that began, and um, yeah, give give everyone an idea of 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 what the ECPGs are doing. 
Yeah. So um, ECPG is actually a network of uh, young and early career pharmacists and pharmaceutical scientists within FIP as structure under the International Pharmaceutical Federation. Um, it has been officially founded under the name Young Pharmacist Group in uh, 2001. And um, since then, um, they have been representing young pharmacists within the Federation, even though um, they have been all the way part of FIP since many years, since FIP's foundation. And um, ECPG, uh, the name Early Career Pharmaceutical Group, we have updated it in um, 2022 from YPG to ECPG in order to be more um, involving um, to be able to represent with the name to uh, the pharmaceutical scientists and pharmacy educators because we're not pharmacists only and that um, for ECPG the membership can be up to eight years after graduation of the first, first pharmacy degree and pharmacy degree um, cannot be the first degree of uh, other um, early career pharmacists that they can study pharmacy as their second or uh, third um, profession. So this is why we do uh, represent um, young and early career pharmacists and pharmaceutical scientists worldwide up to eight years after their graduation. And we do not have the age limit anymore. We had 35 years of age limit. But um, as you know, uh, having the second um, profession as the pharmacist graduating from the pharmacy school, as it's um, not a short uh, time of the duration of uh, the school studies. So um, we're representing pharmacists, pharmacy educators, as well as the pharmaceutical scientists from um, worldwide. And we're having over a thousand different members from over a hundred different countries within FIP CPG. And um, with the one other update that we've had last year was um, the extension of duration of term of the president from one year to two years in order to be better in line with FIP and uh, to be more sustainable that the projects that the, the president will be starting will be completed by the president in the two years of term with the steering committee members. So we're having about um, over 30 subcommittee members from different countries and we're having liaisons to each and every uh, section and special interest group under FIP that are um, falling under the Board of Pharmaceutical Practices and the Board of Pharmaceutical Sciences. So under Board of Pharmaceutical Sciences, there are the special interest groups that are uh, focused on uh, the pharmaceutical sciences. Um, it can be um, drug development, manufacturing, drug design, Etc. And for the sections that are falling under the Board of Pharmaceutical Practice, it is um, ranging from community pharmacy, hospital pharmacy, industrial pharmacy, social and administrative pharmacy section, as well as the health and medicines information section. So we're having liaisons to each and every um, of the mentioned sections and SIGs 
the structures under FIP and we make sure that there are um, young and early career pharmacists and pharmaceutical scientists represented within FIP in those sections and six and that the younger generation can take part in the activities of the federation and uh, those structures and help and learn from them so that they can bring it to um, ECPG and share updates from ECPG to uh, FIP. So we're having a lot of projects ongoing within ECPG as well. So much exciting stuff happening, which is really great. Um, how has it been kind of getting involved from your perspective? Because actually it aligns really well to your general mission and your vision and obviously advocating for young people. Um, yeah, how does, how does it feel to currently be the ECPG president? An excite another exciting title to add to your list. Yeah, it is really exciting to also, again, have the, um, the trust of the international field, international members, that uh, I didn't know most of them, that they have voted um, for my application as well as motivation for the position uh, back in 2021. Um, so when I applied after um, being as part of the subcommittee uh, in the team, um, so after that, I have applied with uh, the motivation and I got the trust. It has been another exciting journey for me. And we have set up with my uh, steering committee the theme of connection and collaboration so that we would be creating more um, areas of um, connection for our members. So more fields that they can get to actually network with other FIP professionals so that they would be uh, expanding their network, learning from the professionals, advanced career uh, pharmacists and pharmaceutical scientists, and they will be um, getting more help or like locating themselves better in when deciding for which career that they wish to specialize at or if um, there is another uh, career field that they would be feeling more connected to, that um, they would like to switch to that, if it is more motivating for them to do every day daily. It, it fits quite well in line with, uh, I guess, my vision with this podcast, of course. Um, we're looking at pharmacy careers and we're advocating for all the different options and the variety that the you know that the pharmacy career has to offer but we're also looking at helping young people to see where their skills align with different jobs and also see what they're passionate at see what they enjoy doing and finding the right job that fits um, all of that kind of criteria combined so I love that there's some alignment in what you're doing <clears throat> And obviously what I'm doing as well, uh, which is what kind of connected us together in the first place, right? Yes, indeed. Exactly. So this is why we actually uh, get into contact and we, we're connected with the same goals and um, we're aligned together. This is like, yeah, amazing. Yeah, I love that. Um, tell me if you were um, 
a member how often do you how how often do the members kind of meet and when they do meet um i assume virtually obviously because of mm-hmm. the international network um what kind of discussions are there in the in the meetings or what kind of objectives do you have within those meetings because it's quite useful if someone was to watch this podcast or or listen in um, and they're thinking oh yeah maybe I should become a member I guess we've talked a little bit about the benefits but how often do you um, connect with each other? So um, since two years at the time of my involvement as the steering committee member we have organized several networking events for our uh, members and uh, we have made it in the regional way. So we're having not only individual members, but we're also having national organizational members for the early career pharmacists as part of uh, our membership. So we're having the early career pharmaceutical organizations network too. And uh, we have divided uh, the world um, into regions, similarly to the UN and the WHO's regions. And we have been organizing our networking events based on um, those um, regional um, and that we have been aiming to have not too frequent but not too less so quarter uh, meetings for um, regional networking events and we are at the moment planning on having uh, ECPO the early career pharmaceutical organizations uh, networking um, events so that this would be a great medium for the um, organizations and their members that they will be getting to know about the work of the other uh, organizations that they have been doing, organizing in um, their uh, countries or uh, locally in their cities. So that this will be information sharing, how um, the organization is working in their countries as. and what are the events that they're doing. And in terms of um, the individual ones, individual um, networking events that we have hosted, we have invited uh, the leaders of the sections and six to um, give information about what did they do in the sections so that um, the individual members of ECPG would be knowing and getting to know more information and they will be having the chance to direct their questions to um, the professionals there at the um, networking events. So we've hosted quite a several, including um, the um, the community pharmacy section, the hospital pharmacy section and um, industrial pharmacy section that um, the members had the chance to join and listen to what are the activities that those sections are doing in addition to ECPG and uh, how they can get involved in ECPG and um, they can take their further steps if they're interested in on how to become involved in those further uh, sections and the special interest groups if they wish to uh, strive for an international um, career. 
I love that. And lots, so much opportunity to meet other people from around the world. And obviously the digital space now with meeting virtually makes life so much easier. Um, this year, FIP are doing their um, Congress in Brisbane, um, in Australia, which is going to be so exciting in September. And I have seen that the um, ECPG has been um doing a lot of social media posts in relation to advertising this event. I assume that you're going. Yeah, I will be there. Amazing. That's going to be so much fun. Have you been to Australia before? No, it's going to be my first time and I'm really excited about it. Not only because that I will be uh, for the first time in Australia, but mainly that we are organizing an exclusive package for the World Congress for the... um, young pharmacists and pharmaceutical scientists with the students. So we're collaborating uh, with IPSF and ECPG joint collaboration, and we have organized a special package for um, the early career pharmacists and pharmaceutical scientists and the students that um, the registration for the Congress and accommodation and several social events are all included. Not only those, but also we're having the leadership development workshop that um, will be happening uh, at the weekend of the pre-Congress. So on 23rd and 24th of uh, September for the leadership development workshop. And we're also having parallel sessions that there will be AI in a lab box session. So we'll be getting to learn more about how the artificial intelligence and the AI lab box are applied in pharmacy profession um, with the representatives from AIDR. And that we are also um, going to be organizing a hackathon for the uh, participants of the package on the 24th, uh, that they will be having real life um, problems and um, they will be producing solutions um, based on the three topics that we have uh, chosen, which are the uh, priority fields for FIP and ECPG, that are uh, the NCDs, non-communicable diseases, uh, which is also in um, super highly um, prioritized topic, at, uh, which has been the highly prioritized topic at the WHA as well this year and um, the communicable diseases and the rare diseases because we're collaborating with uh, IPSF uh, for a special toolkit for advocacy for pharmacists and pharmacy students for that. And uh, all of these three different topics are going to be incorporated with digital health and um, the students and the early career pharmacists and pharmaceutical scientists will be having to uh, create solutions for the problems that we'll be having at the Congress. Oh my goodness, that sounds so much fun. If only I was so many years younger, I would definitely register for that. <laughs> um, yes, no, I will put all the links in the show notes mm-hmm. for the podcast episode for the World Congress, because that is really exciting, as well as um, obviously all the FIP links and the ECPG links and social media. I can't wait to share that um, with everybody. Um, There'll be lots of students uh, tuning into the episode um, who would be hopefully keen to to join the group, right? Yeah. Um, There there is a lot of opportunity. There are a lot of opportunities that were 
not only the uh, early care pharmacists and pharmaceutical scientists can actually um, take part, but also the students, because we're representing students, early care pharmacists, pharmaceutical scientists and pharmacy educators. So uh, there's always a place where you can get started from. And we'll be having our uh, subcommittee call uh, going live in uh, late November. So they will be also having the chance to apply for becoming as part of the subcommittee. Oh, exciting. Where can they find information on that? It's all available on our social media channels, as well as website, which was updated recently um, with the most up-to-date information from our representations as well. And whenever they're having any additional questions, they can just send me an email at ecpg.fip.org. I'll be happy to answer it. Oh, amazing. Thank you for uh, sharing that. Um, because, uh, yeah, hopefully people will reach out for more information. Um, I am very aware that I've taken lots of your time and we have learned so much about you on this podcast episode and so much about Cyprus, so much about your journey, um, your determination as a pharmacist and also your determination to advocate for the pharmacy profession. Um, and yeah, I'd, I'd like to say I'm truly uh, proud to have had this conversation with you and uh, hear your story it's 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 wonderful to see um how involved you've been um from a very early stage of your student life and you know i absolutely wish you all the best for what is going to be a very exciting future thank you so much for this uh podcast and this time that we have spent i actually didn't see it i have just seen it in the in front of me that the time has been uh, already quite a long time yes but yes. I didn't feel it <laughs> thank you it's been really lovely to have this conversation with you I didn't feel the time flying <laughs> Oh, that's great. I, I'm, I'm glad to hear it. Um, obviously, our relationship will continue offline. And I'm so pleased that we've uh, had the opportunity to record, but also to uh, network and become new friends. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs>